Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We are live on Football Full Circle right here on the SportsGrid Radio Network and Sirius XM Channel 159. Alongside the mastermind of the pigskin, that is Joe Lisi. I am Ben Stevens. Lisi Guy, week number three of the National Football League season coming to a close last night on a Monday at MetLife between the New York Giants and the Dallas Cowboys. Joe, the Giants undefeated no more. Dallas goes on the road as a slight point-and-a-half underdog and wins outright led by Cooper Rush, who now, Joe, has made three starts in the last two seasons. His Cowboys have been booked as a dog entering all three of those games, and Cooper Rush and the Dallas Cowboys unbeaten as an underdog, a perfect 3-0. 23-16 the final last night against the New York Giants, Joe. What was your main takeaway? It is amazing when we talk about backup quarterbacks in the league, right? The ability to step in and just provide productivity for your offense. That's what Cooper Rush did last night, and he's done it now in three straight times of taking over the Dallas offense. I mean, he was back in Central Michigan for the Chippewas rolling sevens last night, hitting C.D. Lamb. He's hitting Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. He looked looked very good and could lead this team definitely to a wild-card appearance, if not a division title the rest of the way should Dak Prescott not be ready. But I'll say this on the flip side for the New York Giants. I think the, the Cinderella season or the Cinderella start for the New York Giants, I think the, the slipper struck 12. They're going to turn into a pumpkin the rest of the way, especially Ooh. with that performance by Danny Danny Dimes and Daniel Jones in the last two minutes. Another critical interception. Can't pull the ball game out. They lose Sterling Shepard. Kenny Galladay, you're paying him what? $71 million can't even catch a, a hitch pass he drops the football. Pathetic in terms of the passing game for the New York Giants. I think the wheels might fall off for Brian Dable and the crew the rest of the way. The Giants were looking to go an unbeaten 3-0 excuse me, for the first time since the 2009 season. Instead, they lose to the Cowboys as a one-and-a-half point home favorite. And some of those primetime struggles for Daniel Jones rearing their ugly head yet again yesterday. Pressured and hurried a ton, Lisi, by that defensive front for Dallas, which has been ridiculous so far this year. Daniel Jones was sacked five times. He was just 20 of 37, 196 yards. Under his passing yards prop of 198.5, finishing with an interception. And speaking of that Dallas defense, Dexter, or excuse me, Demarcus Lawrence yesterday, three sacks. Micah Parsons pressuring Daniel Jones 
constantly as well. A really balanced effort from that defensive line for the Dallas Cowboys. A big bin wing for Dallas, Joe. And when you look at these three teams now in the NFC East, we'll throw in the commanders there as well. One and two straight up. But the Cowboys two and one, the Giants three and one, and the only remaining unbeaten team in the NFC, the Philadelphia Eagles. 3-0. and oh. Joe, actually the NFC East right now, a combined record of 8-4 and four among those four teams, it's the best win percentage of any individual division in the National Football League at this moment. It really is, and it's up up in the air, right? We saw Dallas yeah. win it last year, and the, and the streak is alive in terms of potentially not having back-to-back division winners since 2004. I think it's alive and well, and even though Jalen Hurts and Philadelphia have jumped out to a 3-0 and record, there's no telling what happens the rest of the way. I think right now Philadelphia, from an offensive perspective, shows that they're the most consistent, the most explosive right now, but the way that defense played for Dallas last night, if you could get after the quarterback six sacks in terms of an evening and pressure Jalen Hurts. They can match up very well against the Philadelphia offensive line. So we'll see how it plays out. I always like teams that play defense and can run the football consistently and that's what Dallas was able to do last night. We'll see if it continues into week number four. And the thing that Cooper Rush has provided right now for the Cowboys is consistency. 21 of 31 last night, 215 through the air over his passing yards prop of about 208 and a half and finishing with a pass, uh, touch, passing touchdown as well. He's been good, Joe. He's been consistent. He's been exactly what they need in lieu of Dak Prescott. And he's just trying to keep Dallas above water. And he's done that. The Cowboys see their odds move up in the NFC East, plus 650 before last night, now plus 430. And Dallas now favored once again, Joe, in minus money to make the postseason at minus 114. As the odds indicate, that's the seventh best mark in all of the NFC. That would be a playoff team, one of those three wild card spots at the moment, although Philly still a minus 310 favorite to win the division. And Lissier focus on the ground game last night, really for both teams. Saquon Barkley has been sensational with a full bill of health here to begin this season. 14 carries, 81 yards, a touchdown last night. Also added 45 in the receiving game, a combined 126 yards, Joe, total from the line of scrimmage. He is averaging a buck 36 in combined yardage in each of the first three games, and it was Tony Pollard leading the way for the Cowboys over 100 yards last night, and Ezekiel Elliott also over his rushing yards prop that was booked around 58 and a hook. Zeke finishes with 73 and a rushing score as well. CeeDee Lamb bouncing back from a big first half drop. Eight grabs, 87 yards in total, including a couple of really clutch grabs late there in the fourth quarter, finishing off with a dandy of a one-hand gem in the end zone. Plenty more around the NFL up next here on Football Full Circle. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, 
Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. We are back on FFC, rounding out week number three of the National Football League season. The Dallas Cowboys go into MetLife on a Monday and knock off the New York Giants 23-16. The final Cooper Rush and the boys winning outright as a point-and-a-half favorite, Joe. And to add insult to injury, the Giants' perfect season coming to a close last night. Head coach of the Giants, Brian Dayball, just telling reporters a couple of moments ago, Sterling Shepard, the wide receiver for the Giants that led all receivers last night with five grabs for 49 nine yards and was targeted 10 times by Daniel Jones, Joe. He went down on the final offensive play of the game for New York in considerable pain, was carted off, and Brian Dayball confirming to reporters just a few moments back that Sterling Shepard has unfortunately torn his ACL. He will be out for the remainder of the season. A very tough blow for the New York Giants and unfortunate for Sterling Shepard, who was leading the way for those wide receivers for the Giants so far this season. All right, Joe, let's continue to go around some of our impressions from week three of the National Football League, setting the stage a sixth of the way through this season. Because, Joe, there's only two remaining undefeated teams left in the entire league, the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC, your Miami Dolphins in the AFC. Lisi, as we look at who might remain undefeated longer, well, the Eagles are a a six-and-a-half-point favorite for Sunday against the Jacksonville Jaguars. At the link, the return of Doug Peterson, who, of course, led Philly to a Super Bowl victory back in 2018. The Dolphins, however, Joe, on a short turnaround, a three-and-a-half-point underdog on the road in Cincinnati on Thursday night. So the odds would say, Joe, Miami is destined to lose first, ending their undefeated season. What do you say? Yeah, I'm still going to go with that. I I was very impressed with the Cincinnati offense on the road in New York, uh, especially Joe Burrow in the passing game. They look confident. They looked aggressive. And that's what they need to get out of their funk right now. And I understand the defense might not be where it was towards the end of last year when they made the Super Bowl run, but I still believe they can turn the football over against two in this offense. I know two is playing lights out, but you just look in terms of their schedule right now, two emotional divisional games Last week against Buffalo, week one against New England, they expended yep. a lot of energy against Baltimore on the road. It's a short week now. They have to go back on the road. And this is a team that's that's very, in terms of Cincinnati, hungry right now. Their backs are against the wall. There is no margin of error. If Cincinnati's going to compete for a division title, they need to pick up this game in a big way. Not going to be easy, but at the end of the day, I think you know Joe Burrow, Tua, could get into a shootout. If Tua doesn't go, I think it's even that much more of an advantage for the Cincinnati defense, so I like Cincinnati at home. I think they win this ballgame anywhere, maybe from four to eight points in that area. I could see them starting fast and and winning this ballgame fairly convincingly Thursday night. 
Joe, the Dolphins made plays defensively when they needed to, especially in that second half in the fourth quarter against Josh Allen in the Buffalo Bills. A grinded-out game. Temperatures above 100 degrees on the field due to that humidity in South Beach on Sunday. But the Dolphins are kind of getting gashed through the air. The second-worst passing defense in the league so far, giving up 298 yards per game to its opponents. So that's something to keep an eye on because, of course, the strength of this Bengals offense still is that passing attack led by Joe Burrow with T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd. But they did make plays, Joe. They really did when needed to on Sunday. And that's been something that stood out to me about this Miami Dolphins team is they found different ways to win football games. 20-7, to pretty much dominant the entire time. Week number one against the Patriots. Of course, the dramatic comeback. Week number two against the Ravens, exploiting the worst passing defense in the National Football League so far. The Ravens giving up more than three. 355 yards per game through the air and then making the plays when they needed to against a very good Buffalo team week number three. So the Dolphins unbeaten 3-0, also a perfect 3-0 against the spread, covering as a favorite week number one, winning outright as an underdog each of the past two weeks. They will be a three and a half point underdog against the Bengals who have been booked as a favorite in every game so far this year. Just one and two both straight up and against the spread. On the other hand, Joe, I think the game I'm looking forward to the most on Sunday as wild as it might be to say and I promise it's not a joke, it's the Eagles and the Jaguars. I think that game is going to be fascinating. The storylines of the only undefeated team left in the NFC for Philadelphia. Just how good are the Birds? And they welcome back their former Super Bowl winning head coach in Doug Peterson, who has the Jags in that first place spot, Joe, in the AFC South standings right now. The Jags the only team to have won two games within the AFC South. It's a six and a half point spread in favor of Philly and over under at 48 and a half. And Joe, truly, the game I might be most excited by on Sunday. Yeah, and you could see maybe a lot of points in this ballgame with Jalen Hurts chucking the ball all over the yard for a 300-yard performance. Trevor Lawrence coming into his own. You know that Doug Peterson's not going to take a safe approach. He's going to try and go and challenge Jalen Hurts and and that Philadelphia defense in terms of over the top with Trevor Lawrence and those wide receivers. Christian Kirk playing very well. Robinson and ETN pounding the rock. So I think he wants to show that he has a quarterback as well. I like the over 48-and-a-half. It's juicy. To the under at minus 115. I mean, again, I still think Philly is the more complete team, but I would be inclined to take the points. But my best bet here is to take the over in this ball game. I see points aplenty in Lincoln Financial in this matchup. Lisi, it's a good point. The Eagles played to a huge over week number one, allowing the Lions to come back and muster some sort of charge late in the second half against them week number one in the Motor City. 38-35, the final. The Eagles did not cover as a five-and-a-half point road favorite in that game going well over a total that was booked somewhere in the middle 40s. But the last two weeks, the Eagles' defense has looked a lot better, limiting Minnesota excuse me, to only seven points week number two on a Monday night and just eight points from the Commanders in week number three. But the Jags have put up 22 points, 24 points, and 38 points in the last three weeks to start off this NFL season. 38 points, Joe. The Jacksonville Jaguars booked as an underdog in all three games so far this year, winning the last two outright, and winning the last two outright by a combined margin, Joe, of 52 points. That's 26 points per game on average, and they've been an underdog in both of those games. Three at home against Indy, six and a half is what they were catching on the road in the closing number against L.A. They are covering, and they are winning outright by a very 
large margin. It's a six and a half point spread starting to work back to Jacksonville a little bit. At its peak, it was seven in favor of Philadelphia. I can't wait for the passing yards props for this game. Trevor Lawrence at least 235 passing yards in each of the first three. 268 last week against the LA Chargers and Jalen Hurts, Joe, over 300 yards passing in each of the past two games for the Philadelphia Eagles. His numbers this year have been gaudy. It is a reason that Jalen Hurts is now tied for the third best price to win NFL MVP alongside Lamar Jackson, both at 7-1. to one. I think it will be an offensive game, Joe, on Sunday in Philadelphia. Yeah, without a doubt. I'm, I'm with you. I, and again, you know, I, I was a basher of Trevor Lawrence, you know, in the sense of he did not look polished. He did not look like the number one overall draft pick in last year's draft. Did not look confident in the pocket. That's changed this year with Doug Peterson at the helm. And on the flip side, we bash Jalen Hurts. All the yeah. kid does is win. He wins. He finds ways to pull ball games out. And at the end of the day, he's showcasing that he can be that pocket passer. He can be that Russell Wilson type of player that polarized the sport five or six years ago. We would have never have thought about that in terms of Jalen Hurts when he came out of Oklahoma. He just wasn't ready. But time in the same scheme with, with that offensive coaching staff, he's proven that you know what? It does, if you believe in a quarterback, you give him some time. If he has the physical attributes, maybe he just might get it. And you know what? I think they have their franchise quarterback for the next three or four years. Lisi, when you look at this Eagles team, what a fascinating case study. They are leading the National Football League in first half points per game. They have scored 24 points in each of the opening halves in their first three games this year. But the last two weeks against the Commanders and against the Vikings on Monday night, they have not scored in the second half. They haven't needed to. They've been playing Alabama football where you are so good in the first half, you put in your reserves late by the time you get to the fourth quarter. And they haven't needed to because they've still covered as a favorite, even a touchdown favorite on the road in a divisional game against Washington this past week. We'll continue diving through an early look at week four of the NFL up next year on FFC. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
Yes, you are here listening to Football Full Circle on the Sports Grid Radio Network and Sirius XM Channel 159. The wonderful thing about the National Football League season, you're never without football for all that long. An early look at the lines for week number four of this NFL regular season. Lisi, we're continuing to monitor what is happening near Tampa Bay, Florida right now due to Hurricane Ian. The Buccaneers host the Chiefs as of right now on Sunday Night Football. Tampa, a two and a half point home underdog for the first time in a very long time. But as we monitor this status of the game, Joe, the Bucks have moved their practice facilities closer to Miami this week to get ready for this game against the Chiefs. And the NFL has until late on Friday afternoon to make any determination for this football game. It's an interesting situation we've seen have ramifications already in college. Florida's game in Gainesville against Eastern Washington that was scheduled for Saturday, now postponed to Sunday afternoon. So we'll have to monitor this situation as it unfolds this week. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, you know, and our thoughts and prayers go out to everybody in the Tampa Bay and Florida region. People yeah. evacuated. That's going to affect, obviously, teams in terms of preparation, not just the NFL, like you mentioned, but the college game. And we have to see how it plays out. Now, I think the pros have an inside edge in terms of, you know, being prepared for this sort of thing. We've seen it in terms of teams like LSU, back with Hurricane Katrina, in terms of being displaced. They, they stepped up, you know, back in 2005, you know, LSU did play Arizona State and Tempe, and they won that ball game. You fast forward to 2005 as well, and a game against Tennessee, they came out flat in the second half. So it's always important to recognize, you know, what these teams are doing from a, obviously a preparation standpoint and how it might affect travel for their upcoming games. But you know, Tom Brady going to Miami or pra- practicing in, in South Beach, I don't think is a bad thing for the Tampa Bay Bucks, especially after that performance in the fourth quarter he looked like he was rolling sevens uh, basically on the final drive of that matchup against Green Bay and when you look at Tampa so far this year Joe the scoring offense has not really been there only 12 points last week against the Packers they only had 13 points as an offense week number two against the Saints of course seven of those scored by the defense and then 19 week number one the Bucks right now in the bottom 10 in terms of scoring offense in the National Football League only averaging 17 points per game but Lisi I mentioned it it's a rare occasion for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to be booked as an underdog since Tom Brady joined the Buccaneers franchise they were booked as a dog six times Times in 2020, his first year with Tampa, they have not been booked as an underdog since. If this line holds at two and a half right now in favor of KC, it would be the Bucks as an underdog, Joe, for the first time since the 2020 season and that Super Bowl matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs, who the Chiefs, meanwhile, Lisi, have been booked as a favorite in every game since the start of the 2020 season, and they haven't been all that great against the spread, if we're being honest, in the last two plus years. Kansas City, in those two years, just 18 and 22, booked as a favorite against the spread since the start of 2020. Meanwhile, the Bucks, the six games they were an underdog in 2020 go, five and one against the spread, covering by an average margin of nearly 12 points per game because they won a ton of them outright. But of course, a ton to pay attention to here with this game between the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. Scheduled right now for Sunday night in Tampa. 
with the Buccaneers a two-and-a-half point favorite. Joe, some injury news around the National Football League yesterday. More tests on Mac Jones's injured ankle that sent him off the field at the end of the game this past week at Foxborough against the Ravens in screaming out pain. Well, it looks to be a very severe high ankle sprain. Pro football doc Dr. David Chow was on my show the morning after, Joe, just yesterday saying he would expect at some point Mac Jones to be placed on the IR. You never know what Bill Belichick is going to do, but right now it's Brian Hoyer, at least, slated to start Sunday in Green Bay at Lambeau against the Packers. It's a 10.5-point spread, Joe, in favor of Green Bay. What is the outlook like for New England if it is Brian Hoyer in there? I think this team is like the New York Giants. I think they're done for the. I bet them at the start of the year under eight and a half. That was with Mac Jones in there because of the brain trust of Patricia and Joe Judge. Now uh, they stepped up in terms of their week two game against Pittsburgh. Were able to grind out that victory. They're not going to be able to do that against Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay because Green Bay is built to ground and pound with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. So if they could wear down the Tampa Bay front seven and and pull that victory out fourteen to twelve, they certainly could do it at home in Lambeau, especially with Brian Hoyer going on the road. That is the main concern. Who is the offensive yeah. playmaker? You know, outside of Ramondre Stevenson and obviously Damian Harris at the running back position, do we buy into Hunter Henry? Do we buy into the wide receiver core of the New England Patriots, even with a backup? I mean, that's the, that's why Cooper Rush had success, C.D. Lamb. There were playmakers in terms of the passing game. Who's the playmakers for New England? They have absolutely nobody. They're up yeah. against it. I think they're going to get blown out in this ball game, and and honestly, I think they're a team that can maybe be six or five win football team. Don't be shocked if they crush Belichick this year. I mean, when you look at it, Joe, ten and a half points right now. The Pats team total is only fourteen and a half, and the under has the juice. Fourteen and a half is a very low team total for the National Football League because even the worst offenses can give you two touchdowns, and then you're in danger of pushing it over, even if you think the team is going to struggle offensively. Now, the Packers defense has been very, very good this year, but even with that said, Joe, fourteen and a half. Here's my charge. I don't think Bill Belichick is listening to football full circle right now, Joe. But in case he does, why not give Bailey Zappi some run? You know what Brian Hoyer is. You don't really have all that optimistic of a view for your team in total here in 2022. You drafted Bailey Zappi in the fourth round only a year after taking Mac Jones in the first round. And he had a relatively successful rookie campaign leading New England to the postseason. You saw something. In Bailey Zappi, not to have him as your third string quarterback, I would presume. I would let the gunslinger out of Western Kentucky, Joe, absolutely move that football around. He set Division One records in terms of touchdown passes and passing yards a season ago with the Hilltoppers at WKU. I'd let him get some shine on Sunday. Yeah, it broke Joe Burrow's passing record while at LSU, right? So he has an arm, and yeah. that's the biggest thing. We see it all the time, though. They did this with Kyle Trask in Tampa Bay. The drafted kid that has over 40 touchdowns at the University of Florida thrown for Kyle Pitts, and then when his time is to shine, when they retire, obviously, Tom Brady, they want to give it to Gabbard. I mean, it just makes no sense. I don't understand it, but at the end of the day, you have nothing to lose. If we're talking about extending defenses over the top, Bailey's out 
Cappy has a stronger arm, in my opinion, than uh, Brian Hoyer. The problem comes down to reading coverage. When you look at the preseason games with Bailey Zappi, threw some critical interceptions as the preseason wound down. Maybe that's why they're not high on him. But at the end of the day, what do you have to lose? Do you really think long-term Brian Hoyer is the answer to get your team to the promised land? Absolutely not. And if your offense doesn't convert, then your defense is out there for extended periods of time, and there's expecting to the, them to stand up. It's it's not it's not going to happen. It's just a matter of time before they wear down and the damn breaks and teams put up thirty each and every week on your defense. So we'll see how it plays out. Again, I'm selling New England in this matchup, and I'm selling them the rest of the way because they don't have the offense to compete with the likes of even Buffalo, Miami, and even the New York Jets at this standpoint. Lisi, the odds market. Reflecting exactly what you are saying here, 31 of 32 NFL organizations, which is the great thing about a football season, your odds to make the playoffs and to win a division and your even your win total updates throughout the year. 31 of 32 teams have those updated numbers. The only team without it right now, New England, because of the uncertainty around Mac Jones, his status moving forward for the rest of this season. So that would say to me, Joe, you're not going to make the playoffs. I don't care what Bill Belichick preaches, and it's a very different Patriot way of philosophy than what we might be espousing here, but why not give Bailey Zappi then an opportunity in real, actual football to try to impress? He set the passing yards and passing touchdowns record in Division One football last year. 5,967 passing yards in just 14 games for Western Kentucky a season ago in 62 touchdown passes, Joe, in just 14 games. Joe Burrow, when he finished with 60, which was the record at the time, he did that in 15 games. Bailey Zappi had no fewer than three passing scores each and every game for Western Kentucky last season. Yes, it's a different game. It's a different level of competition, obviously, in the National Football League. But, hey, let's have some fun and throw Bailey Zappi in there and see what he can do. The Ravens were the team, Joe, that beat the New England Patriots this past week, putting up 37 on the road in Foxborough. Lamar Jackson continues to be sensational. Two straight games with four passing scores. Two straight games with rushing for over a 100 yards. Well, it's the Ravens at home, Joe, against another team in Buffalo looking for a bounce back this week, and the Bills favored to get that bounce back victory. Three and a half is that spread in favor of Buffalo on the road in Baltimore with a total of 51 and a half, and by the looks of it, Joe, that is the highest over-under for the entire Week 4 slate. Yeah, and you look at Josh Allen, 63 pass attempts, 400 yards through the air, and it's back-to-back road games. Not easy for the Buffalo Bills, right? Go to the Heat in South Beach, come back now to face Lamar Jackson, a very athletic quarterback. Their defense potentially can get stretched, but do we buy into Baltimore's secondary containing Josh Allen and those playmakers? I don't think so. So even if it's a shootout, do you think Buffalo's going to win by a field goal, or do you think at worst they win by four, right? That's the way I look at it. Maybe they win this ballgame 28-24. I think it could maybe creep under the under there just slightly, but I would still go to Josh Allen. Even though it's back-to-back road games, I think they could run on the front seven of Baltimore as well. I would lay the wood with the Bills in this ballgame. The Buffalo Bills have had a terrible bill of health here to start off the 2022 season. Jordan Poyer, injured last week, did not play against the Miami Dolphins. Micah Hyde, the other all-pro safety, out for the year with a neck injury. Injuries across their secondary as well, and even on their defensive front, Joe. So I think this game could be destined to an over just because of that and the fact that Josh Allen has thrown for at least 297 yards in every game so far this season. We flip it over to college football up next on FFC. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Week number four of the National Football League season is on the horizon, as is week five of the 2022 college football campaign. I am Ben Stevens. He is Joe Lisi. And Lisi, I think I'm going to say the same thing each and every week as we get ready for a new Saturday slate in college football. This is my favorite Saturday of the entire year. Week number five is going to be bonkers. This is what we love, Joe. It's going to be the first full Saturday in the month of October. And already on the first Saturday in October, conference championship races, what happens within individual leagues, might already hang in the balance. We discussed how big the the two-week span was here in the ACC. We're going to see that with a top 10 tilt between number 5 Clemson and number 10 NC State in Death Valley under the lights in primetime. That is enough to bring chills to any college football fan. But it's not just in the ACC, Joe, and it's certainly not just with Clemson and Wake Forest. Throw Florida State and Wake Forest into that as well. Also throw in what's happening in the Big 12 with Oklahoma State and Baylor. It is going to be a sensational Week 5. It really is. I mean, these games will really dictate conference championships and really give us a bigger picture about which teams could potentially could crack the college football playoff. Let's not forget the Big 12 championship rematch, Oak State oh. on the road in Waco. We have Texas Tech and K-State squaring off. We have other games like Texas A&M and Miss State, right? Miss State playing very well under yep. Mike Leach and A&M that does have Alabama on deck. Is there a potential look at So, And let's not forget the, the matchup in Fayetteville. Can Arkansas potentially challenge Bryce Young in Alabama in terms of that matchup? They were 20-and-a-half-point road dogs last year, lost by seven. Can they get a good effort and bounce back after that tough loss to Texas A&M? Only time will tell, Ben. It is going to be such a good Saturday, truly. And let's start in the Big 12, Joe, because that's the game that I think most excites me. Given what we had last weekend with Oklahoma, getting upset as a nearly two-touchdown favorite at home against Kansas State, and Texas losing to Texas Tech in Lubbock, Joe. 
I think you could make an argument right now that the college football playoff hopes of the Big 12 Conference ride with Oklahoma State. The Pokes are the only unbeaten team left that truly have a chance. I mean, TCU is also unbeaten. But Oklahoma State, Joe, a top 10 team in the Big 12 and the best odds right now of any Big 12 team to win a college football playoff national championship. You mentioned it. The Big 12 rematch this week in Waco against Baylor. Oklahoma State won against Baylor during the regular season last year and was inches away, Joe, from a conference title and potentially a spot in the college football playoff. We bring that all into the fold for a huge game this week that sees Baylor as a a two-and-a-half-point home favorite. Yeah, great game by Baylor on the road. We watched that matchup in Ames. They just dominated Iowa State. You know, Blake Shapin stepped up. They wore down Iowa State, forced some turnovers against Hunter Deckers and pulled that ball game out. And now they come back home. They lost a regular season game early in the year in Stillwater. They were a three and a half point underdog. They lost by 10 when Jalen Warren scored late and obviously win the, the, the Big 12 championship. Here's the thing, though. I am still not a buyer of Baylor's offense being the same with Blake shaping at the helm as opposed to Gary Bohannon last year, right? The RPO game is not as existent. They're still pounding the rock for over 200, but in two particular ball games against solid front sevens, BYU a couple of games ago where they lost, and obviously last week with Iowa State, only 2.9 yards per carry. If they can't run the football effectively, that third down defense from Oklahoma State is going to take over, and I give the edge to the Oklahoma State offense with a veteran quarterback in Spencer Sanders. We'll see how plays out. Matchups make fights, right? Which team do you think is more complete? Do you buy into Oklahoma State or are you buying into the the Big 12 champs with Dave Aranda? I'm a buyer of Gundy. I'm a buyer of this offense because they're doing it more through the air. They have two big play wide receivers, Brennan Presley and and Brayden Johnson that have combined for over 400 yards and five touchdowns. I think that speed on the perimeter can challenge Baylor over the top just the way Deckers did and that's why I'm giving the edge to Oak State, I think they win the ball game outright. Lisi, do you remember what the total was for last year's Big 12 championship game between the Pokes and the Bears? 41 and a half. Was it 41 and a half, I want to say? It was low. I, I don't remember. I was genuinely asking because I, I think it was I think it was 40s. 41 and a half. I think it was right, right. around there. I, they had a right. shot in the fourth quarter when things started to open up, but obviously with the field goals and they, them not converting, uh, that, that was the main reason why it didn't go over. I bring that up because the total this year is 56 and a half. It's a 15-point difference nearly, at least two touchdowns worth of difference because Oklahoma State last year, a top-10 defensive unit in all of college football. The Baylor Bears last year, a run-first team with Abram Smith and a team under the defensive mind of Dave Aranda that could compete with anybody on that side of the football as well. Now, Baylor's still kind of there, Joe, but Oklahoma State, A very different-looking football team, at least offensively, this season. In fact, Joe, the Pokes coming off a bye week. The Pokes have only played three games against Central Michigan, Arkansas, Pine Bluff, and their last one in an Arizona State team in week number two, or week week number two of the college football season that, of course, we've learned some things about the Sun Devils in the last month or so. That being said, though, Joe, Oklahoma State is the top-scoring offense in the country as of right now, averaging nearly 51.7 points per game. They had the eighth-best total offense in the country, putting up over 511 yards of total offense per game. This Oklahoma State team, Joe, looks a little bit different, and Spencer Sanders so far has looked really good. So that total at 56.5 would indicate to me they expect the Cowboys to score, yet... 
Oklahoma State is a two-and-a-half-point road underdog against Baylor in Waco. I will say this about Dave Aranda-led Baylor teams. Since last year, Joe, since the start of 2021, Baylor is 8-1 and one against the spread at home. It is a tough task to go on the road in Waco and win a football game outright. It is, absolutely, and, and he's done a fantastic job. Let's not forget, two years ago, they were 2-7. and seven. They had seven of their nine games. They rushed for under 100 yards and only 2.9 yards per carry. What a difference a year makes in terms of last year and obviously this year with their rushing attack. I will say this, though. I compare Baylor this year to the way Iowa State was compared last year by the books. They, I mean, they continued to put Iowa State as favorites, even when they were losing ballgames. Heck, they made them a favorite at home. Is, is what a, a three and a half, four point favorite, or six and a half over over Oklahoma State in that ball game? They won by three. I mean, it was amazing. Oklahoma State was undefeated, and Iowa State had a couple losses, and the books still made Iowa State favorite. I feel that's the perception with Baylor this year. It's not to take away from the team, and I buy into their success right now. I just don't think they're elite. I think there are holes in this team defensively. BYU was able to exploit them. And again, I think when you look at Shapin in a big spot, even though he was able to step up, I still have question marks about his game. And that's why I'm going with Mike Gundy and the Cowboys on the road. And Oklahoma State, Joe, in that same time frame since the beginning of last season in 2021, a perfect 3-0 against the spread when booked as an underdog. Two of those three covers outright. Frankly, I lean with the Pokes as well here. And again, how significant this game is, not only to dictate the Big 12 in its individual conference championship race, Joe, but what that could eventually mean for this league getting a bid to the college football playoff. They did not a season ago, but they have been a big factor with Oklahoma leading the way a good half of the times we have seen the CFP in action. A tremendously impactful game for the Big 12 and what it means for the nation at large here in the college football playoff perspective. All right, to the ACC we go, Joe. Clemson, just a six and a half point favorite at home against NC State. Number five, Versus number 10. Joe, we looked at this line earlier in the summer. Clemson was a double-digit favorite. 10, 10 and a half at home for this first Saturday in October against the Wolfpack. Now it's under a touchdown. What does that say to you? Well, I mean, obviously the performance with them getting pushed to the limit in overtime by Wake, where they led 14 to nothing, I think has a lot to do with that. Coupled with the fact that they lost to NC State on the road in Raleigh as a nine and a half point favorite, I think that factors in as well. But four points of discount is a lot of money to go, or just I want to say a lot of movement to go up yep. against the Clemson Tigers. I put out the numbers today: 48 and one since 2015, straight up at home in Death Valley. Only loss came in. 2015 to Nate Peterman and Pitt, 66 and, and six straight up against ACC opponents uh, for, since 2014 for Clemson. And we talked about them being less than a touchdown favorite. Only happened two times: once last year at home against Wake, three and a half point favorites, they win by 21. And 2016 against Auburn, five and a half, they won 14 to six. They've covered both times. I think Devin Leary's up against it again. This is not the same offense that we saw last year I'm going with Clemson at home in this matchup it is a fascinating thing Joe to put this all into context yet again using the total as a correlated point because it's 40 and a half 40 and a half 
for a six and a half point spread that saw Clemson last week, Joe, put up 51 points, albeit in two overtimes, but 51 points. And DJ Oyongongale threw the ball for more than 370 yards and five touchdowns. Sam Hartman put up six on the other side. So, yes, it was a very impressive performance offensively for Wake, Joe. And we've thought of this Clemson defense as the leader of the pack. Well, it's NC State, truly the pack, leading the pack. The best scoring defense in the ACC by a pretty good margin, tied for the eighth best scoring defense in all of the country, limiting opponents to just 11.8 points per game. That is what NC State brings to the table now, Joe. That's what Dave Doran has with this Wolfpack team. It's 11.8 points per game to its opponents. But the biggest thing that impressed me, Joe, and I think you could make an argument, what stood out more? Was it the lack of Clemson's defense last week against Wake? Or was it that offense finally with DJU and Will Shipley getting on the right track that stood out? I think Clemson's defense will figure it out under Wes Goodwin, now the new defensive coordinator. I have more faith in that defense. It was impressive for me to see what the offense was capable of. That's why I think if you you believe Clemson wins this football game and covers that number of six and a half, I think it leads us to an over as well. Yeah, I mean, think about it. 371 yards from DJU and five touchdowns. If he can get that type of performance up against, or let's say half the productivity, let's say he throws for 280, okay, and three touchdowns or two touchdowns, then that means they're obviously moving the football on Devin, uh, excuse me, NC State and that uh, defense. That means they're forcing Devin Leary potentially into a higher scoring game where they have to go score for score against the Clemson offense. I'm not sure that NC State is built that way this year. They struggled against a very good defense in Texas Tech. We saw them basically struggle for a half against UConn. I mean, that was a UConn offense. Just think about that. UConn's offense was averaging 105 yards per game. I mean, it took them basically two quarters to get going. I mean, here's the thing. I'm just more of a buyer, again, in defense and teams that can run the football effectively. And if DJU plays the way he did in the second half, you know what? I'm buying Clemson here. To get them under a touchdown is a discount in my opinion and they've only lost one straight up in basically eight years so I'll take my chances with the Tigers at at night in Death Valley. Such a significant two-week stretch in the ACC that started for Clemson last week on the road in Winston-Salem. They do not cover as a seven-and-a-half-point road favorite, but they edge out the Demon Deeks in double overtime, 51-45. Clemson entered last week as a minus-165 favorite to win the ACC for the seventh time in the last eight seasons. There are not updated conference odds at the moment for this week heading into Saturday, but it's a huge game for Clemson once again. Joe, we'll finish with another game in the ACC Atlantic up next between Florida State and Wake Forest. The Demon Deeks looking to bounce back. FSU is a perfect 4-0. Come back and join us for a couple more minutes on FFC. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Um. Just a couple more minutes left here on FFC for today's edition all across the Sports Grid Radio Network. Again, a couple of big weeks in the ACC, specifically within that Atlantic division. Clemson gets the upper hand last week, beating Wake Forest on the road in Winston-Salem in double overtime. So Clemson now hosts NC State as a a 6.5-point favorite in Death Valley on Saturday night. But Joe, let's not forget about Wake, and let's certainly not forget about Florida State. The Seminoles off to a 4-0 and start. One of the best starts in the last decade in Tallahassee. They now get ready to host Wake Forest this week, Joe. And it's the Knowles as a 6.5-point favorite against Wake Forest. A total at 65.5. What's your approach to this matchup in the ACC? Yeah, Wake Forest abused uh, Florida State and Winston Salem last year. They were the they were favored for like the first time I think in like the history of the series. You have to go back like the, like thirty years. They abused yeah. them. I think that's bulletin board material. I watched Florida State abuse Phil Jakovic and Boston yep. College. They ran the football. They had special teams uh, touchdowns to kick off interceptions. I love the way they're playing right now. They're buying into Mike Norvell. Jordan Travis came back, looked sharp. That secondary you can't stress them over the top. They're going to get a test now with Hartman. Where is Wake emotionally going on the road now? I, I think Florida State might be back. I think they get the victory and they get the cover over the Demon Deacons in this ballgame. It's the first time since 2015, Joe, that Florida State has started off a season 4-0. Florida State as a football program has not started off a season with four consecutive wins since 2015. Well, that ended this past week absolutely hammering Boston College winning by 30 and covering Joe as an 18 and a half point favorite FSU has been booked as a favorite in three of its first four games and they have covered in two of the three the only one they didn't they beat Duquesne by 40 week zero and they were a 42 and a half point favorite Joe Lisi always a pleasure my friend football full circle we'll be back tomorrow on the sports grid radio network but up right now it's the money line all across the grid Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.